Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Romans chapter 7. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we see the sin in our lives, the struggle trying to solve the sin problem. We ask for your solution that you would save us from this sin. We cannot handle this ourselves. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 7 Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is master of a person for as long a time as he lives? For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of the husband. Therefore, as a result, if she belongs to another man while her husband is living, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress if she belongs to another man. So then, my brothers, you also were brought to death with respect to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to the one who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For when we were in the flesh, sinful desires were working through the law in our members, to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, because we have died to that by which we were bound, so that we may serve in newness of the Spirit, and not in oldness of the letter of the law. What then shall we say? Is the law sin? May it never be. But I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness if the law had not said, Do not covet. But sin seeking an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin is dead. And I was alive once, apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, and I died. And this commandment, which was to lead to life, was found with respect to me to lead to death. For sin, seizing the opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and righteous, and good. Therefore, did that which is good become death to me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin, in order that it might be recognized as sin producing death through what is good for me, in order that sin might become sinful to an extraordinary degree through the commandment. For we know that the law is spiritual, But I am fleshly, sold into slavery to sin. For what I am doing I do not understand, because what I want to do, this I do not practice. But what I hate, this I do. But if what I do not want to do, this I do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now I am no longer the one doing it, but sin that lives in me. For I know that good does not live in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not do. But the evil that I do not want to do, this I do. But if what I do not want to do, this I am doing, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin that lives in me. Consequently, I find the principle with me, the one who wants to do good, that evil is present with me. For I joyfully agree with the law of God in my inner person, But I observe another law in my members, at war with the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that exists in my members. 
wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, with my mind, am enslaved to the law of God. But with my flesh, I am enslaved to the law of sin. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 6, Paul used the picture of slavery to describe what sin does to us. In this chapter, he uses the picture of marriage to describe the law. It isn't slavery, but it isn't something we can just get out of. The law is good, but we cannot live up to it. So Paul says it takes a death. In chapter 6, Paul had described baptism as our death. So he may be thinking of baptism again here when he says in verse 4, So then, my brothers, you also were brought to death with respect to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to the one who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. The idea is that we were born bound to law-keeping. If I keep the law, then I am righteous. But unfortunately, none of us can keep that. So, we have to die so that we can be bound instead to Jesus. Paul mentions the newness of the Spirit, probably meaning the Holy Spirit, that he will discuss in chapter 8. So, we might be equating the law with sin at this point, and seeing the law as slavery, just like Paul had called sin slavery in chapter 7. So, Paul addresses this in verse 7. Is the law sin? May it never be. Paul goes on to say that the law is perfect, and the problem is sin. The law doesn't solve the sin problem, it just shows it for what it is. Even more, because the law is from God and we are against God, it actually gave opportunity for sin to get even worse, because it had a law to break. Some people say, don't tell me not to do something, because then I will want to do it. Paul uses the words fleshly and spiritual in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly, sold into slavery to sin. So, we have this struggle. We want to obey the law, but we can never seem to manage to do that. The chapter ends with Paul saying that Jesus is the answer. Although Paul isn't done describing the solution, because he still says we have this conflict between the mind and the flesh. And now for a deeper dive. We all have the tendency to think that keeping laws will save us. But Paul is trying to show us that isn't going to work. God has something better that will actually work. See, there are two problems. First is our past sin. Jesus has solved that by paying the price by dying. But then we have the problem of ongoing sin. Now, Jesus' death continues to pay for that sin, but we really would like to stop sinning. We just don't have the strength in mind and body to stop sinning. Paul isn't done describing the solution, but let me just point out some other solutions that people have come up with. The typical solution people come up with is being good enough. We know we cannot be perfect, but maybe God just has a certain standard of goodness we have to attain to. Like, maybe if I go to church regularly, read the Bible regularly, pray regularly, that will be good enough. That idea isn't in the Bible. And whenever I come up with a standard, I set the standard just a little below what I think I'm doing. So if I go to church twice a week, I may set the standard at once a week, and then I feel like I'm exceeding the standard. But that is all in my head. That isn't God's standard. It's just a way to justify myself. Another idea people have come up with is that the body is sinful. So it doesn't matter what the body does. 
We just have to be holy in mind, so we can do any sins with our body, and that is no problem. Again, that is not God's idea, and you won't find that preached in the Bible. Another idea is that our body is bad, and we have to beat our body into submission by the strength of our mind. That is the idea of the monk, who lives without creature comforts and spends long hours in prayer. That isn't very fashionable today, but it has been fashionable in the past, and it is still an idea in our heads. But it isn't what Paul is going to suggest, because in truth, we cannot solve our sin problem just by working harder. So what is Paul's solution? We'll see in the next chapter. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.